Hello everybody. This is session one of Biblical Leadership Matters. Today's session is entitled Purpose and Calling. Pastor, why don't you greet everyone and open in prayer? Thank you so much, Leah. I appreciate you opening up this session. I'm so excited about starting these podcasts uh, with you and being able to share what's on my heart and pour, and hopefully I'll be able to pour into your spirit and encourage your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now for God's help and anointing during our session together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for how you're with us daily. We thank you, God, that you have a calling and you have a purpose in our life that you're wanting us to fulfill. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you just help us together right now, Lord, as, as I begin to talk and others are listening, Lord, that you'll begin to speak to them personally, uh, that this message, this session becomes a uh, personal lesson for them, that you, you speak to them, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way, and we thank you so much, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, it is great to be with you, and I'm so excited to be able to share this series of Biblical Leadership Matters. And today I'd like to talk a little bit about the purpose and calling. I do believe that when we're born again and Christ forgives us of our sins, that it's more than just the forgiveness of sins, but it's suddenly God thrusts us into a purpose of his kingdom and calling. And God has a purpose for you, and he has a calling for your life, for every born-again believer who is walking uh, and following after the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to share some scripture found in 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 16 through 17. It's sort of the foundation of this whole discussion and these podcasts that we're going to have. And, 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 it, and if you're a, uh, a church leader, or a, uh, a church ministry team member, then uh, I, I truly hope this will inspire you, help you, and that the Lord will begin to speak to you, and maybe perhaps you're not a part of a ministry team, that the Lord is going to speak to you and lead you in that direction. He'll show you what your ministry purpose is within the local church. So in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the son that that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I personally like the amplified Bibles um, a translation of this particular these verses. And it reads as follows. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will. Isn't that what we want, is to co conform to God's will? And the verse says, both publicly and privately, conforming to God's will in the public and in our private lives, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. 
so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that verse of scripture. I love the description that in the Amplified Bible says that the, that the, the person of God may be uh, complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Lord, he equips those whom he calls. And if the Lord is leading and speaking to you about doing a ministry, being a part of a ministry team, doing the work of the Lord, you know, the, the local church is the ideal place. It's a home base where you can operate your gifts and your callings in God's kingdom. I truly believe that's why the Lord established his church and, and his places within the body of Christ and within the local church so that we might learn and develop and grow uh, in the Lord and, and find fulfillment in our uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, by grace we're saved, uh, not by works lest any man could boast, as the scripture says, but I will tell you that grace is in, uh, you know, many times we, uh, the interpretation or the definition of grace in the Greek many times is referred to as that, um, that unmerited favor. You've probably heard that term before, that definition. Unmerited favor is the definition of grace. But then there's also another definition of grace. Uh, in the uh, in the New Testament and a definition of grace is also can be stated as the enabling power of God and God enables those who are ready to live for him and to uh, serve him and to be a part of his kingdom so the whole idea of these sessions uh, of this uh, biblically learning the uh, uh, the biblical leadership matters and the purpose and calling is I believe any true understanding of a process of development from a faith lived life can be simplified with the following this understanding here it is here's the understanding he takes what he is given he cleanses what he takes he anoints what he cleanses and he uses what he anoints so God when he when we turn our life over to him he takes us and he forgives us of our sins and uh, and he will take what he has given he'll take us completely see when we surrender our life to him he takes us then he cleanses what he takes he forgave us of our sins he cleanses from all unrighteousness in our life and so he cleanses us. Then, then once he's cleansed us in this process is that he anoints what he cleanses. It's kind of like a vase. Uh, you know, I've, at times I've, we have vases in our house, and there have been times every once in a while I, I have bought my wife a flower. And um, in with that flower, that vase, uh, after it's been sitting in the, in the uh, uh, cabinet for a while and hadn't been used for a long time before I put fresh flowers in that vase I would normally always I would wash it out clean it out because of all the residue from the past and everything that needs to be cleaned up and once it's clean then I go and I uh, put the flowers in it and so God will take us if we give ourselves to him and he'll cleanse us 
and then he he anoints us and uses what he anoints so God he cleanses us makes us new he anoints us that means he empowers us he empowers what he cleanses and then he uses what he anoints in other words God wants to put you and I to good use see when you and I were forgiven of our sins we were brought into the kingdom of God and we suddenly receive citizenship into God's heaven and look forward to one day of of being in that place that he wants us to be Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also but I want you to know that salvation is more than just for the hereafter it's for the right now too God wants us to uh, have a, uh, an impact in the world that we're living. God wants us to uh, witness and to do ministry, to reach our families, to reach our neighbors, to, to reach those around us, even people around the world. He's called us into his plan. And I'm so glad that you know he takes what he's given, he cleanses what he takes, then he anoints what he cleanses and he uses what he anoints because there is a process this process is I'll begin to explain it to you number first of all is surrendered he takes what he is given we surrender ourselves to the Lord we give up and say okay God I'm gonna let go and I'm gonna let God I'm gonna quit trying to call the shots God I'm gonna allow you to be the Lord of my life not only the Savior of my life but the Lord of my life and that means that I I have committed myself to him you have committed yourself to him you are surrender like the old uh, the the Billy Graham Crusades it used to be that uh, at the very end uh, at time they would sing the song I surrender all all to Jesus I surrender and so we need to surrender ourselves to him that's part of salvation that's we have to when we're saved but when we surrender then then he takes what's given to him and you know what he does he gives us a process and takes us through a pro process and one of those process is uh, process is the first thing is he gives us a right mind he wants us to have the right attitude and the right mind Romans 12 1 and 2 uh, classic verse of scripture I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God God wants you to have the right attitude and the right mind and through the power of the Holy Spirit if we surrender ourselves to the Lord then he will work and he will begin to allow uh, he'll begin to craft the right thinking and attitudes within us as we yield ourselves to him in the process and we surrender to him then we're led by the Holy Spirit I like how you use the term craft because he's working on us isn't he we're a work in progress aren't we always I you know when we're finally a friend a finished product is when we we're in, we have a new body and and we're in uh, a 
in in heaven and and in eternity with the Lord. That's when we have graduated, as one uh, dear saint has stayed before, when someone passes on into heaven and they pass away, they have graduated. That's when we graduate. So perfection in the Bible, when you talk about perfection, um, sometimes the best thing to do in Scripture is to look at the meaning. The meaning of he said, be ye perfect, for I'm perfect. He wasn't talking about the perfection that we think in human terms of that perfection, everything right and doing everything just right. Because i gotta, I got to be honest with you, my friend, I can't do things right all the time. And if you don't believe me, just ask my critics, and they'll tell you that I don't do things right all the time. I'm even honest with myself about it. But I will tell you, though, that that perfection Christ was talking about or his word is talking about is not a perfection of a done deal. But what it is, it's a process, and it's a process, it means maturity, that we mature in the Lord. And, you know, it's, uh, we do mature with age, and we do mature with, with development, and God wants us to develop in him. Not only are we to have in this process a right mind, but we're also supposed to have the right motive. Proverbs 23 and 26 says, and, and the right motive is talking about what's in your heart. What's, your, what's really in your heart, your, your motivation for what you do. I've seen some leaders that sometimes will lose heart, the true heart of what they're supposed to be doing in ministry. I've seen it where that... Uh, they're more concerned about um, status and recognition and success rather than fulfilling the will of the Lord that we're to have the right motive. And I think in the world we live in now, it's all about image. And to be Mm. honest with you, if we take on the image of Christ, we need to look at that Christ of the cross. And that's not a beautiful... um, would you say social media ready view that the world even wants to see but Christ is what people truly need to see in every leader if you're a leader in God's kingdom if you're a ministry leader whether involve uh, youth ministry children's ministries family ministry senior ministries um, uh, young adults I don't know if I covered everything music ministry it just it I want you to I want you to grasp this and I know you believe this it's not ministry if it's not for Jesus it stops being ministry now I know it might touch other people and other people's lives and their situations to a certain degree but whatever we do we're to do it as unto the Lord and we're to give him glory in what we do so if you're doing ministry whether you're teaching uh, children or whether you're you're leading teenagers the best way you possibly can and, and or whether you're teaching some class or doing um, outreach I mean I've known some people that do benevolent work and that has become very religious rather than from the heart that motivation the right motive is essential uh, otherwise it ceases to be ministry anymore it's just something in motion and we don't want to be something in motion. We want to, if we're moving forward, let us move forward in God and that the kingdom will advance and the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted up. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 26, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes 
observe my ways. So we want to follow and watch what Jesus is wanting us to do and to keep our eyes upon him. The Bible declares and says that he, Jesus, is the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So we need to keep our eyes on him. So have the right motive, have the right heart. And if you're not sure, if you're confused, or if you just feel like you're just kind of, well, kind of worn out, tired, and dead, I tell you what, with the Holy Spirit, no Christian leader, no person in ministry should suffer burnout. Because if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, if, but see, there's where we lead. We lead in God's kingdom from the inside out. Uh, and, and if we're not staying close to Jesus ourselves and with our devotion, our prayers, and reading the Bible, and meditating on him, and, 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 and asking him to increase our love for those whom we're doing ministry to, then, then we're going to eventually start doing it all ourselves. And it's not going to be God. So watch your heart. Have the right motive. You know, first of all, the right mind, the right motive, and then the right mindset. And the right mindset, what I mean by that is the commitment, that you be committed. Let me read some verses of Scripture. John 12, 24 through 26 reads, Jesus said this. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, Jesus says this, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him the Father will honor. So isn't it interesting? We talked about the grain of wheat. It falls in the ground and dies. If it doesn't do that, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. There's that surrender again, see, the right mindset that that uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To Everything is Jesus, how we move, how we operate is Jesus Christ. That the life we now live in Galatians 2 and 20 talks about the life I now live, I live by faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, he, we're living life through him and that we surrender ourselves to him with the right mindset. Then what happens if we die to ourselves in selfish ways and have the right mindset? mindset what will happen it will produce much fruit maybe that's where some of us as as uh, ministry leaders and team members where we miss the mark we start losing the right mindset of that we just need to surrender to Jesus Christ and let the Lord operate through us and and so that we should be his servant Joshua said in in chapter 24 and 15 it says of Joshua if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord let me ask you this question you're listening to me 
is this. Here's, here's a question. What have you given him? And another question I want to ask you, what have you kept back from him? See, that's the thing is the surrender is if we hold things back, maybe there's, there's an offense, maybe there's um, some hurt we experience that we've not really given it all to God and truly given him, but we somehow have nurtured that and held on to it. Uh, then I've heard it said a long time ago that, that hurting people hurt people. And so you may be struggling in wanting and doing something for God because you need healing. You need forgiveness. You need to give him everything. Say, Lord, I just hand over everything over to you. That's good, Pastor, because I happen to think of two points. One was from a blog that I uh, just read this week. Um, and I've heard you say this over and over again. If you're still talking about it, you are still offended. Yeah. And the other thing is, is if you're giving it to God, then let it go. Amen? Yes, let it go. Release it. Give it to him. Hand it over to him. Surrender it to him. Surrender yourself and all the other baggage. Give it all to him. You don't want to hold on to anything. To you, you and I are not qualified to hold on to certain things. We're supposed to give it to God. And the Lord will help us. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, especially, you know, if you've been hurt, especially if you've been let down. But let me tell you, people will let you down. That's why the ministry orientation or the ministry motivation cannot be for the sake of people. It has to be for the sake of Christ and for him. Because then if he's pleased, you know you'll be empowered by him. We've talked about this. We've talked about this process of being surrendered. He takes what he is given, and then you know, not only have we, uh, in the process, we surrender and we want to have the right mind and the right motive and the right mindset, but we need to also realize that the Lord takes it, that what He takes, He cleanses. What He cleanses. He takes it, and he takes each and you and I, and he'll cleanse us and sanctify us. Now, that word sanctification or being sanctified is a very interesting word. Um, sounds very religious, doesn't it? But it, it's very powerful in definition and meaning, and it's definitely a good biblical term. Uh, sanctified, defined as a verb, means to make holy, to set apart, to dedicate, to purify sanctified in in a noun as the words used as a noun it means holiness and separation from profane and obscene things and actions so therefore we need to allow God to set us apart well, that, you know, let me tell you in this world we live in right now the closer you get to Jesus Christ the more separated you will naturally become to the world you don't have to alienate yourself from the world God hasn't called us to to do that although we're not supposed to go along with some of the things that are going on in the world and those things that are contrary to scripture but the Lord hasn't hasn't called us to uh, turn to uh, welcome in the world and to 
battle the world, but he's called us to engage the world with the message. And so he cleanses us and, you know, sanctified is being set apart. Let me read a few verses and then I'm going to close. First Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, because it's written, Be holy, for I'm holy. In 2 Peter 3, 11, Peter writes, he says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Talking about the judgment of the world, that we need to be found in uh, right conduct and in godliness and in holy conduct. In Ephesians 5 and 8 and 10 and 11 is, for you were once darkness. You were once darkness. Well, we talk about darkness as a surrounding, but it is possible that you, that you and I were darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them so here we are God has called us and he's invited us and he's brought us into his kingdom I know that you're born again you're a child of God but let me tell you that you've been saved not just for to rejoice in heaven but you have been saved so heaven can work through you in the lives of others and don't you want to make a difference and don't you know that understanding biblical leadership and how important it is that it begins with purpose and calling that he has called us and he's working us in a process I want to read this again he takes what he has given he cleanses what he takes and he anoints what he cleanses and he uses what he anoints that is beautiful and that really is the process isn't it pastor yes it is we're going to look forward to more of these sessions um this is session one we're going to go into session two pastor um why don't you pray a closing prayer as we end session one heavenly father we ask you lord in jesus name that you will begin to take lord as I've shared the, these scriptures, and we have looked at these scriptures. Lord, I know that you're doing something on the other end here, that those who are listening, that, Lord, I believe you're leading people into the greatest work of all, the greatest uh, endeavor of all, that is to be walking in your kingdom and be used by you, being led by your spirit, and empowered by your spirit being worked on during the process lord that you're getting us ready and you're using us right now i pray lord for those who are already doing the work that you've called them to do i pray god that you energize them and lift them up god lord let there be such a fiery passion in what they do just energize them lord through the power of the holy spirit Lord, that we will do what we do because of you and our love for you, Master. We thank you and we praise your glorious name. Thank you, Lord. We praise you.